Today we're joined by David Brunage, freelance media content and development producer. He's worked with companies like Universal Studios, Bevo, MTV, VH1, A&E, and he's part of the LGBT community. <laughs> so there's a lot of letters going on there. Um, in, in 2017, David did something that mobilized the LGBTQ community like it hadn't been God, I don't know, since maybe maybe town meeting two, uh, town hall meeting two in Houston, maybe. Um, and for us anyway, and maybe not since Stonewall for a lot of other folks. Um, and it was, this march was, had a particular focus on those who have been actively silenced and neglected. Um, and I think he created the, the Equality March for Unity Pride Unity and Pride, which took place June 11th, 2017, and it it uh, was national, and I believe it was also international. Yeah. And all, a lot of cities took over, took, and in fact, some of them skipped Pride for it. Yeah, I think in total there were like 120 cities worldwide. Um, I think there were only like a few international ones. I think there was one in Australia. Um, I forget the exact cities, but yeah, there was like 120. Some of them actually didn't happen on the date of the march. It happened during the month. So it, they actually held it in conjunction, uh, certain prides in, in June held it in conjunction with the march. So it was sort of a, uh, a dual thing. They would have a march and then they went off and did their pride. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was nationwide. Yeah, it, and it was it, it was huge. How many people did you get in DC, DC? Like we didn't have an official count, um, but the, some of the people who helped uh, coordinate the logistics of the day of March, you know, people who do mass mobilizations in DC, um, they helped out a lot on that front. And they had done like the climate march before us, and so on and so forth. And they said we had a bigger crowd than them you know, which they estimated at around 50 to 60,000, um, although the press had a higher number for them. So who knows, it could be anywhere from 50 to 75, 80,000 in DC, we're not sure. But I do remember, wow. I think the march itself was like 1.2 miles long. And when we got to the, the lawn um, in, in front of the Capitol, um, you know, I, I looked back and all you could see was people. And then on the radio, they were telling us that people still hadn't left from the, the, the start. So it was a, it was a that's, decent That's start. a really powerful feeling, right? To yeah, it was. It was kind of shocking. Mobilize. When I, I, yeah, I <laughs> like at that point right there when you, I forget the name of the street, um, but it's just a straight shoot. Yeah. And you just see like a sea of people. So that was like when I turned around at that point, I was like, oh, wow. Um, so yeah, that was cool. I think the, the one thing that was really bad about that day was it was extraordinarily hot. <laughs> like, yes. We had like a 98 degree day. Um, so we had the stage set up on the mall, um, but everyone like flushed to the side to get shade and cover because it right, was, brutal. It was right. brutal out there. Wow. Well, you should have been in Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are used to it. <laughs> oh my God, it was so hot. It was unbelievable. And yeah. like the sun was just right on the Capitol. It was like a spotlight. I, it, it didn't matter how much suntan uh, lotion I put on that day with no. my pale skin. I was burnt to a crisp. 
you you and me both we're both gonna have carcinoma at at some point (laughs) melanoma it's gonna be bad (laughs) when we got the women's march when we you had mentioned something about that that particular women's march that inspired you to do this and was there anything beyond that well i think i i would say it was sort of cultivating personally for me in the in the the year leading up to it with the, the the previous election cycle um you know i i guess i would say three four years earlier was starting to read more about bernie sanders and there was a lot of things that he was saying that um spoke to me uh, on that front especially the income inequality mm-hmm. you know um i had been having conversations with people on the side just friends about that and then i would hear bernie talk about it so that's sort of just wanted me to participate more in our democracy. So I was kind of thinking, you know, how could I do this? And then the Women's March came and obviously Trump was elected and and whatnot. Um, And the Women's March came and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and it was inspiring. And I'm like, you know, our community should be doing this. So I sort of, you know, just threw it up on Facebook. um, And one of my friends, who's not even gay, was like, you should run with this. And then I saw that. I saw that post. It was awesome. Yeah. And by the next morning, like my inbox was flooded. You know, people wow. are call, calling me. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, this is great. Um, let's do it. Um, and I just started running with it. And then obviously that started a whole conversation between pride groups, especially in DC, because you know, I selected a day that was the same day of their pride weekend, and it wasn't out of like bad pride. It was just there's gonna be people there. <laughs> right they're already going to be there it's a convenient right. opportunity to connect people to connect. Exactly. that totally makes sense that yeah. totally for makes me, sense to me. um and this isn't a, a slight against pride listen they've done wonderful work over the years and these people mm-hmm. have given their time and their lives to to you know progress uh for us uh, bring the uh, the community in, 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 into the spotlight and get us our rights etc um and there's nothing wrong with having huge, listen, I'm from New York. Our, our, our gay pride is enormous. <laughs> and there, it's, there's a heavy corporate vibe to it. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily a mainstream guy all the time. So I was like, let's bring the protest back. It's kind of time. Like, you yeah. know, it's great. Let's have fun. Let's have our floats. People can do their dancing and whatnot. But like, we need to bring the protest back. So that's kind activate of activate the community, like to yeah. just really activate the community. It's yeah. just a party now, and it it started out as you know a brick <laughs> being it thrown. Started off as a protest, um, yeah. and it felt like we were entering this age of, you know, we need to be more you know active and more participatory in our, our democracy and our communities. Um, you know, that's that's the way forward in my mind. You know, we we really got to go out and. You got to do the work, you know, and you got to yeah. cross over lines and you got to expose yourself to issues and people that maybe you're not, you know, used to seeing um, or hearing from. Um, and that, you know, you know, helps people grow. It's, I, I, I think with a marketing mind, and I was just listening to y'all kind of say what you're saying. I'm like, so it started with retaliation and then it went on to celebration. And now we're talking about participation and activation. And yeah. we can like really make that happen and, and the concept of just moving that energy forward, you know, yeah. just and, you know I, the energy I, that's already there. Yeah, and I think you've seen that all across the board, just not in the LGBT community, but like, you know, whether it's climate, cause that's another huge issue where we really need to face. <laughs> um, yeah. 
-hmm. you know, and, and, and so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the world is a very weird place right now, uh, especially with the, you know, regardless of the pandemic, it was before, um, and discrimination still exists and equity and equality in our society is, is still not there. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, for me, that's, you know, like, I just wanted to participate more. And, you know, I was kind of raised, my father was, you know, sort of involved in politics growing up. And so, you know, there was always discussions at the table and, um, you know, we would go to an inauguration, you know, as a child and my father wanted, he, my father's a lawyer, he wanted to expose us to, you know, the workings of the country. So it was always around me. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I had a feeling like I need to do more, um, you know. And were you brought up in a like in a, a liberal family? No, 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 no. <laughs> so you, were, you were you were going to see uh, some some Republicans. I uh, I actually went to Ronald Reagan's inauguration. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. I went at, to at the grand old age of five. But um, that's interesting, yeah. though. <laughs> but no, my parents um, they have they've swung the other direction. Um, it's it's been right, mine too. Yeah, it's been great. So they they're super supportive. They came to the march oh. and they were awesome. Um, you know, and then when Obama was first elected, you know, me and my father, I dragged my father, and he voted for Obama. Um, <laughs> but you know, we went together and waited in the the hour hours long lines and the freezing cold. And um, I think he was just proud to like be there again and see it. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, but like I grew up in a, in a predominantly white neighborhood uh, or white you know community outside of New York City that was sort of middle class, upper middle class. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, as a Roman Catholic, you know. Oh, wow. I went to church on Sundays. I was an altar boy. Wow. Um, yeah. So when I came out, it wasn't like the easiest for my parents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was a jock too. So there was sort of this like, oh man. So how the, did that go? I like, it, it wasn't great at the beginning, but they, I think it was, there was never this like, you're out of the, the family, you know, right, you know, right. Blah, blah, blah. It was just, it, I think it was something they didn't know anything about. They had to process it and learn. They did. They yeah. did. And, and they were, and, they were great. Like they, it took them a while and they came around and now, you know, the funny thing was in like the, the year that followed me coming out. What year was that? This was 96, out? summer of 90, oh, wow. fall of 96. I was, and so you were, I was 22 years old. Okay. Okay. So, um, I was, I came out to a handful of friends in the summer. Uh, that was before my senior year in college. And then I, came out to my parents on Columbus Day weekend, which turned out to be like coming out day. <laughs> and I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, it was meant to be. <laughs> Intuition. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but they were, they were wonderful. They've been wonderful. But in that, the year following I came out, like, you know, they confided in, in friends and people they knew. And then out of the woodwork started coming all these people that they knew were gay. Um, and those people really? are coming out to them. And then it was hysterical. Like I, I went to a dinner party at their house once, um, maybe it was like three or four years later. And I'm looking around the room and I'm like, out of the 15 people here, like 12 are gay. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two are my parents. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, you know, 
I've been very blessed and fortunate. You know, my parents were always amazing growing up and uh, they took interest in both my brother and I and then, you know. But how does the religion, did, did, I mean, how did that work out? Was was um, there no pushback? There was initially, um, but, you know, I I think they went and spoke with uh, some priests they know and they were like, hey, nothing wrong with it. Well, Pope's <laughs> on board with that now, right? Right, right. So that, I, I've that, been very fortunate uh, in having two wonderful and loving parents who just want their kids to have a great opportunity and uh, a happy life. And you know, I'm I'm a little curious, you know, if 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 you see yourself as an activist, like it, and and if not, why? Or if you do, when did when did you feel become you know feel that way? I don't consider myself an activist simply because, you know, when, when the march started, I didn't do a ton of press, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't looking to make my, a name for myself or whatever. I just, I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people referred to me as an activist in some articles. And I, I felt uh, guilty being called that because there was, I knew there were so many people who had spent their entire lives and careers really doing the work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and dedicating their time to that. So that's just a personal thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I could call myself after doing this march, but you know, I worked with so many people who do this day in and day out and have done it for so long that for me to kind of share the same title as them doesn't feel right to me. I, you know, I wanna, on a, in a tiny, tiny way, I, I wanna push back on that just a little bit because sure. to, someone, to, to someone like me who, has never organized hundreds of thousands of people into a single event. <laughs> I, I, I literally wouldn't know what other word to use. And, and the other thing about that, the other thing about that that I deeply believe is that we are often not things until we are. And just because somebody has been something for 20 years and you have just become something when you are, doesn't, yes. doesn't take away any of that relevance. You still are what you are. Um, and so also to, it feels a tiny bit like denying, like, like when, when somebody goes like, oh, you're pretty. And you're like, no, I'm not, you know, it's like, oh, you're not. You're like no, I'm not. I was like, no, you really are pretty. And I think you should just like own it. Okay. Like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, mean, I, I get your point. I get your point. And there, there is some truth to that. Uh, well, part of the reason that I feel strongly about this is because I think a lot of people are intimidated from doing activist work because they haven't dedicated their lives to it, because they don't know how to just start something, and they don't they don't see themselves as an activist. And so, almost everybody we've talked to who are who are activists has only started in 2016. I mean, like like the majority of people I've talked to have not wouldn't have considered themselves activists until 2016. So I think you're an activist, dude. I, I do too. And if you want to, if we want to create like an elite title of like super activism for the people who've been doing it, they can be the super activists. But I think, yes. I think it's important in the community for us to start owning what we're doing from that perspective so that we can really inspire other people to do the same thing so that they can recognize like, no, I, I might not feel like an activist and I might not, comfortably claim that but at the same time i'm modeling a you know a definition of it and and i think i think that's a great point um maybe and i think you might have changed my mind 
because I think you're an activist. I think of you as I mean, like, and listen, I hate to be wrong. I hate to be no, wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> to me, it's it more of like a personal thing. But um, yeah, I, 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 after the march, I definitely felt more like an activist. Like, I paid my dues. I did work. I, I got right. some unbelievable training um, mm -hmm. from from the people I worked with. Um, it was invaluable. And you met you met a ton of people too that you can you can put in contact with one another. Yeah, it was. That's a big deal. Yeah, there was a group of people that, you know, obviously there was the Capital Pride people and there was, you know, Bernie Delia, who was the head of Capital Pride, reached out very quickly along with Ryan Boss, who's the executive director there. And we just started talking earlier on of how we can do both. Because um, again, it wasn't my intention to like, you know, um, ruin their pride or anything like that. Um, and then there was Ashley Smith, who was another guy who kind of worked with HRC, but was also on the board of Capital Pride. Um, those three were invaluable. They let us use their resources. They put us in contact with people in DC that were people that we needed to talk with. So they were great. And then there was this, you know, we, we kind of just opened it up in the sense of whoever wants to participate can participate. Right. You know? So we just started having these sort of open meetings you know, come talk, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. And that just started to build. And there was a group, I would say of 10 people who, you know, really, really helped carry the load. And that was like Sue Doster, who was the, at the time, president of Interpride. Uh, she worked with New York Pride as well and Ampar. Um, another kind of citizen who, I, who didn't do activism work before was uh, Dr. Anna. Annika Simpson, she's a professor at Morgan State. Um, you know, she came along and she was incredible. Um, this guy, Ted Jackson, Ted worked, uh, did our disability stuff for the march. Um, and he came in kind of the last couple months, but he worked with, he did the disability stuff for the women's march. Oh, so wow. like he was invaluable. He's done wow. so much of this type of work. Um, Khadijah Tribble, who was a DC resident who had been doing activism work since you know the AIDS crisis first emerged. What a, an amazing woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Nicole Murray Ramirez, um, you know, who had been you know a national co-chair on all the other LGBT national marches, wow. um, you know, works out in San Diego, an immigrant. Um, who else? Excellent. Um, Thomas Lopez, this young guy, great. He's from the uh, International Indigenous Youth Council, was one of the protesters at Standing Rock. You know, it was just, we tried to get Caterina Velasquez, this transgender woman, um, brilliant, brilliant woman, did consulting for Van Jones and worked with Casa Ruby in DC, which is a, a house and organization that helps um, trans immigrants um, try to find work. Um, and oh, housing so and home funny. in DC. So it was just like, whoever wants to come to the table, let's just, you know, hammer this out and, and, and talk, yeah. which, which obviously brought its challenges, you know? Because <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that that many uh, opinions is hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yes. <laughs> but still, but, it's like also a lot of really yeah, powerful. And we, right. like, we, we worked, like I was going to DC almost every weekend for six months. Um, thankfully, I had a very good buddy uh, from high school who lived in D.C. who had a, a small sort of uh, second room in his in his uh, in his home, 
and he just gave me a key and he's like whenever you're down here just crash so yeah that's kind of you know that's aiding and abetting activism Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I think that's a great, I mean, the, the community comes together. Yeah. And he, he, wasn't, he wasn't even gay. And like, Ugh. you know, he was, he was pushing out the Ally. word to his friends and they all came to the march and it was, it was really, really cool. But we would have these marathon meetings every Saturday and Sunday in DC with upwards of 20 people there having long, 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 hard talks. Man. And, um, you know, at a certain point, I would say somewhere around the two and a half, three month mark, a couple of the people who had been doing this for ages, like I mentioned Khadija Tribble before, you know, we were walking out of a meeting and she's like, we're doing good work here. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I haven't been in such tough, but worthwhile discussions, maybe since the AIDS crisis. That and is like, so... Yeah, and that felt good to me. Like, okay, who knows how this is going to end up, but we're doing something that's positive and people are getting their their voices heard. And, you know, we our focus was to put it on, you know, the marginalized groups within our our larger marginalized group, the LGBT community. And, that and it was, was all grassroots, right? Yeah, but we really wanted to put the focus on on, on the people who live in the margins of our own community. And, right. you know, that, that was... That was important to us and that was sort of our, our mission um, to, to yeah. highlight that and whether that's you know black transgender indigenous the elderly you know the kids who are still coming out and the suicide rates and you know it's homeless yeah you know, there's just so much that gets overlooked um, and I, I think one of the things that was also going back to what we were talking about before which was sort of percolating in me was you know, yes, pride had become very corporate. That's fine, you know, more power to them and respect. But at the same time, I think at least I felt there was a sort of a, a complacency in the sense we'd won marriage. You know, right. the, the big fight was over. Um, right. You know, and maybe that was just the community catching their breath. And I know they were working on other things, but um, I think the Women's March and the Trump election, you know, everyone's timeline sped up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I met so many activists when, when we talked and then I had to go out and do this. And I really, really, really would like to give a shout out to our pride with whom I do not always agree. Sure. Um, but uh, pride, uh, you know, especially um, Michelle Y. Lapalio and um, Paul Huddleston and um and Micah Andress really, really stepped up and helped us out a lot. And so um, I wonder if other if other groups were grassroots enough who who were able to do that. Were Prides able to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, it, it was a bit of a, a a bit of a dance, you know, getting some of the Prides on on board. Um, Sue Doster was fundamental in managing that relationship. Um, she had sort of a grassroots beginning, but also worked with the Prides and was the head of Interpride. Um, and, right. you know, she was a New Yorker who sort of, you know, me and her kind of thought on similar wave, wavelengths, I guess you could say. Nice. Um, but yeah, early on, you know, she, they set up, there was a huge Pride <laughs> conference um, being done on, on computer. And they wanted me to speak. And next thing you know, like nice. we're in this setup and I'm on like a, a kind of a Zoom call and there's like 300 people on the other end. <laughs> and, uh, and I had to, you know, 
had, had to like field all these questions, but and then they had a vote afterwards, and it was it was pretty interesting because it was split 50-50 down the line. Um, and I think where you found in some of the some of the cities, you know, I remember the the people from Portland were like, we are 100% of Portland, Oregon, I should say, we're 100% the, the, the youth here are totally behind it. So I think it kind of depended where in the country you were located. But, you know, as, as we got closer, more and more support came along. Um, they realized that, you know, we're not trying to undermine you. We're just, we're trying to bring more attention to, um, you know, issues within our own community. Because we weren't necessarily, we weren't, we actually couldn't say anything against Trump. Because um, we had to get a fiscal sponsor so we could, you know. Oh, we said a lot of stuff against Trump. Yes. <laughs> we, we, everything was donated uh, to us here, including uh, a dinner for the activists who spoke from uh, Bolden Creek Cafe, which was really awesome. And we had some wonderful uh, speakers as well. I mean, it was, a, it, it was the largest gay event at the Capitol ever. Yeah. In Austin, but in Texas. It was when crazy. You, when, when told, first of all, like, I need to thank you because no, 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 you no. were amazing. Um, and it, it, the Austin March holds a very special place for me because early on, I was, you know, I had to be in Austin for work. Um, and I, I was down there for three days and I was like, let me reach out to some people there. And I met with you and Paul, um, right. Candace, um, and that was the first like meeting I had with someone outside of you oh, know, wow. New York or DC area. So it was like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. I think we it were might excited. have been like three or four weeks after, um, I had, I had proposed the March. I think it was in February and I proposed it in yeah. January. So it was, it was really early, and to see what you guys did there was so cool. I actually knew these two guys from Dallas, and they said they went, um, and who I had met years ago. So that was, you know, that's why I bought actually the Austin shirt. Like, I have the Austin uh, Pride shirt at home. Um, so, it, it, it's, you know, Susie, you deserve an enormous amount of... Uh, no, no, this, this is about you. Yeah. I, no, 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 y'all have to say thank you. You have to be like, yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. But this is... But thank you. But this is David's interview. I was just talking about the the effect that his that his um, passion and activism uh, spurred Austin to come together. I mean, it, you know, I had we had we started with a group of about I would say twelve people, and it just kind of you know gradually people fall away. Sure. And so at the very end, it was about four of us still and and that was it and it was you know we we had a great time doing it but it was one of the most stressful things and so a lot of them all of them have continued activism since then so i wonder uh are you planning another one i'm not planning another march no you have to recover Um, i mean that's a lot it's so much energy to put out and you're channeling a lot of energy too like it's in the in the months following the march like i was burned out like you were talking about oh, the stress God. stress i was working a full-time job i was basically a department of one i was traveling around the country doing shoots that's you know, a lot was, that's was, i can't even imagine you know, honestly blah, 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 that's blah. so much um i just crashed i was yeah. working basically seven days a week 15 16 hours a day juggling both for six months so i crashed and i went into 
kind of a dark place afterwards, <laughs> um, oh, which is actually yeah. very common. And a lot of emotion. Yeah, you know what? Like, I actually went off of social media for a while because I was also managing the social media accounts for the March. Oh, my God. That was just <laughs> a barrage of constant messages oh, and posts wow. of people wanting to that that was that was draining so anyway um and then after that like okay i was starting to think of like what i could possibly do and and then life got in the way work got crazy it's been a very um i was working on some side projects of my own but now i'm finally sort of getting back into it it was it was great i um i, w I went to a, a school um in high school and they reached out to me it has a very large alumni um, and they've been having to address some of the issues that, you know, mm -hmm. are on the plate for everyone. We really need that right now, frankly. You know, racial injustice right. and inequality and equity in society. So they asked me to be a part of uh, a council board for, for the school to help, you know, the school transition into a more, you know, modern, modern place. And it's actually a very kind of liberal school. Um, it just had some sort of old school ties to it. So, um, that's that's kicking in now too, and you know I went back and been involved in you know the the alumni uh, LGBT organization. Wow, that's organized cool. Organized some um, that is cool. Some meetings, so that that's picking up. So I, I like the idea of of kind of going more local uh, yeah, than yeah. sort of, and and I have so many great contacts uh, from that place. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and um, you know, there's gonna there's gonna be some cool people involved and. I was actually at my 25th year reunion a couple of years ago there, and um, it was amazing to see how much the school had progressed. You know, like they told me, like, yeah, a guy came out at uh, the school meeting last week, or, wow. or you know, stuff like that, and they had a gay pride march on campus. Wow, <laughs> like, that's really. huge! That's huge. Yeah, so it was it was great to see. Um, so you know, hopefully, my experiences from from the march, and you know, what I learned from the march, from, from some of the issues that we were surrounded by, um, you know, I can impart some of that knowledge and which I have been yeah. trying to do in my own personal life of sitting down people that I know are, are good, well-intentioned people. And, um, you know, they just live in sort of a bubble of their, their own world and their own lives. And, you know, you expose them to the different ways of people <laughs> seeing things and how they live. And, you know, I think I was fortunate kind of where I grew up where yes I kind of grew up in this predominantly white neighborhood but I also you know was a jock and I played basketball and I you know right. I played into college but I played AAU basketball so I was traveling around a lot but you know our team was racially diverse and I was spending yeah. my nights and weekends you know on basketball courts in the Bronx and Harlem and you know mm -hmm. we're driving down we're driving down in North Carolina in a van there's 15 guys and you know all different colors and races and socioeconomic very groups. dangerous thing to do yeah no <laughs> I, actually it's still funny. you should bring that up because you know everything that's gone on you know this year um with the Black Lives Matter movement and more police, um, you know, everything that's going on on that front. Um, I used to be asked by our coach, who was black, you know, to ride shotgun in case we did get pulled over. Um, so, like, I was a sort of exposed to those issues as a 16, 17-year-old coming from a complete different background. Um, so that sort of opened my eyes up at a young age. So that's my good. luck of 
you know, playing sports, of living close to New York City, um, you know, I feel very fortunate. And, you know, my father, you know, my, both my parents came from nothing, but my father came from nothing where, you know, he shined shoes on the streets of Newark before school and worked in a, a brewery at night, all to help pay for college. So like growing up, he was like, you're gonna learn hard work. And I would have these summer jobs where I would work in a factory, you know, where I was oh, cool. one of a few people who spoke English, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, Does it, I mean, it matters to, to have that kind of diversity uh, around you or are you, are you know, you know, what kind of culture is just an all white, yeah, there's there's no culture, and then you have no restaurants and no art um, and no yeah. appreciation for life and Absolutely. no appreciation for the fact that you came on our show. Well, <laughs> to me, diversity. I know maybe some people might roll their eyes or think it's a cliche. I truly, truly believe one of the best things in my life is the diversity that I've been exposed to. It's enriched my life tenfold a hundred times whatever however you want to categorize it and you know i was also fortunate enough to go to graduate school in europe and the program was international and there was like 75 of us from like 36 countries from all over the world so then i got then i got that experience as well and and that was yeah i was just super fortunate uh super super fortunate and you know, seeing, you know, getting that international perspective of, you know, grinding hour after hour with people from Malaysia to India to Argentina to, you know, wherever, we all think differently. We all have our own cultures and how we approach problem solving to life in general. Um, and once you get all that together and you kind of make it your own toolbox, it just, it just makes the world such a better place, you know? It does. And we're, we're glad yeah. you're and out there helping to make it a better place too it's well thank uh, you i mean same with you guys but yeah diversity diversity it's just key we have we have to embrace it more as a, as a country and a society it's just i i, I think if a couple of people i mentioned earlier would be wonderful to speak with i mean i mean nicole murray ramirez is sort of a legend um supposedly within the, the gay community he's an immigrant um he is i believe called the queen mother of the imperial court system which is one of our oldest uh, LGBT organizations in North America. Um, and he's been on the San Diego City Council, I think elected like four or five times now. Um, so he- Wow. Yeah, so he's great. Tomas, you know, the from the Indigenous Youth Council. I mean, I was just totally floored by what he did at Standing Rock and the amount of time those kids were out there in the cold and fighting for, for their land, it was, what an inspiration um yeah all these kids are such an inspiration and oh, I, um i so appreciate you coming on it's been um it's been a lot of fun i totally want to get back to austin um once this pandemic uh, you know Yay. settles down you know i we we've talked before like i'm a huge music fan and Yay. we're not doing anything here. no i know but due to, due to my work schedule i have friends who annually have been going down since the 90s to south by southwest thank you both for having me it's been a blast talking to you and talking about this because it's been a while since i've talked about it so it, it's cool um, it's fun right yeah, I, I, i'm sort of like getting re-inspired too and especially yes. since it wasn't too long ago about this me joining that that, that council at my old school so i'm i'm I'm, I'm feeling the energy again. So get to it, man. Yeah. Thank you. Again, thank you for having me and, and stay safe.
um, out there with everything that's going on. Thank you. You've been listening to Queer Invasion Radio. We're here, we're queer, and we need your support. So find us on Patreon or follow us on social media at QI Radio USA and listen to us wherever you hear podcasts. And don't forget to share our stuff and tell all your friends. Thanks, Thanks y'all.